January 19th. This is Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And just so you all know, this is our third take at starting this one because, you know, the guy that was making fun of me for saying Between Two Lines, not knowing the name of this podcast, well, three times in a row, he said Between Two Lines. Oh, yeah. So I just thought I'd let you know that. But we, we better get, we, we waxed eloquent yesterday and went long, yeah, so we, we better get right we into apologize. it. apologize. This is Matthew 19 is where we're going to be. Let's jump in. Verse 1, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went to the region of Judea, east of the Jordan River. Large crowds followed him there, and he healed their sick. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap him with the question, Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? For any reason, and there's a reason why they they were trying to trap him with this because, as in any time, there's always these big issues that people want to fight over, Mm -hmm. and this was one of those big deals in the first century. There were two different schools of thought fighting over whether or not it was permissible for a couple to get divorced for anything other than divorce or or, or anything other than unfaithfulness in the law. It was it only allowed for unfaithfulness, but the Pharisees had written on that that unfaithfulness could include burning dinner. And so that was the argument. Yeah. And we still kind of do that today. We just pick things to fight over. This is one of those hot topics. Verse four, Jesus says, haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied, they they record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and joined to his wife. And the two are united into one, become one flesh. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Then why did Moses say in the law that a man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away, they asked. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. And so actually Jesus was espousing the more conservative view, the view of the Pharisees actually when it came to divorce and 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 I and I think that it's an important view there's some that are listening to this who you have been divorced and God also he does forgive and he recognizes the reality of our human hearts and that we have these struggles but uh, I I really do I, if you have from here on out you just make this commitment that this is not an option and I think that we're too quickly leave our marriages because we leave that as a possibility this is something I could do if it doesn't work out I love what my wife has always said since even before we were married. She would say, divorce, never, murder, maybe. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I <laughs> knew that I'd better better always be faithful. <laughs> Jesus' disciples then said to him, if this is the case, it's better not to marry then. And I love what Jesus says. He says, not everyone can accept this statement. And that, there's a lot of statements of Jesus that are hard to accept. I just got mm-hmm. out of my office with somebody. I told them, this is what Jesus says to do. And he's like, that is going to be extremely hard. It's like most of what Jesus tells us to do is extremely is hard. hard. And, and this is one of those cases. But the way of the transgressor is even harder. It is. In the long run, yes. Jesus said, only those whom God helps. Some are born as eunuchs. Some have been made eunuchs by others. And some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. She says, I know this isn't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Verse 13, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Now we look down at the disciples for doing that, but that would have been the common response. It's kind of their job, talk, isn't it? Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. That children were not valued at all. And so right. of course they were going to keep the kids away from Jesus. Yeah, and it was their job for crowd control. Yeah. 
But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. Again, talking about that dependence. Yeah. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. All right, I'll, I'll start in verse 16. Uh, someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, why, must, uh, why, why ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Which technically, that is true. If you could keep all the commandments and if you could perfectly keep all of the law, that was the way to eternal life according to the law of Moses. It's just that it was impossible to keep all of those commandments. But verse 18, which ones, the man asked. And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbors yourself. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied, which is absolutely bullcrap. There's no way that he obeyed all of the commandments. But that was part of the problem. This guy was filled with his own pride thinking that he had done so well. There's nothing like having devos with your pastor who says bullcrap. I love it. (laughs) What else must I do? Verse 21, Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Jesus was putting his finger right on that man's yeah, button. He knew. He, knew, he knew his weak spot. The guy was a materialist. He was greedy. And, but when the man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And now, again, he's speaking in hyperbole. Yeah, here. something Jesus did all the time, but yeah. man, we get the point. Yeah. yeah. That, that When you have wealth, you don't realize your dependence. And this is why Jesus earlier was talking about the children, that it's all about realizing your dependence on God. The more, and, and those of us, and we're all, if you're listening to this podcast, you're, you're, you're wealthy. pretty wealthy. Yeah. And we, it's harder for us to realize our dependence. Yeah. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world could be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. And I'm grateful for that because I am wealthy. I am wealthy as you are wealthy. And I've known some extremely wealthy people that multimillionaires who have humbled themselves as a child and become entered into the kingdom of God because they came to repentance and trusted in Jesus. But that's only possible because God has made it possible. Then Peter said to him, we've given up everything to follow you. And I I think Peter was being honest there. They really did. They left their their careers. They were away from their families for long periods of time. What will we get? Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits on, on his glorious throne... You who have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Let me make a comment on that real quick because he said, I assure you when the world is made new, we actually had um, one of our our, uh, listeners, which I'm so glad she did, she called in just asking about this whole idea as we're talking about in the past about um, when the earth fades away, what what does that mean? That right now where heaven is, heaven is, um, the current heaven right now is almost like this, this really super awesome waiting room waiting for when God recreates the new heaven and new earth. And we will then have our resurrected bodies. And the earth, as Jesus is saying here, the earth will be made new and will be living in a world without sin, an unbroken world. Yeah, a world that's a lot like this world today, but without the corruption of sin. Yeah. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then, and those who seem least important now 
will be greatest yeah. then. You know what I think of? I think of those guys that we hung out with in Africa who are living on nothing, yeah. going from village to village and facing persecution by proclaiming the word of God. And they are so very poor. And I can't help it when I sat there and talk with them. I thought of this text thinking, you're going to be my boss in the next life. Yeah, you're I going to have everything. <laughs> I, I was honestly thinking in that setting that, yeah. man, I hope I can get to be close to them, that you know, they're going to be so far above me when it comes to the rewards and responsibilities. I hope I get to hang out with them once in a while because yeah. they're going to be so important when right. we get there. Right. Like here we had more money, but just wait till the next life. It'll be flipped. Yeah. All right. Well, we're Proverbs 19. So there's a lot of really good verses here, but uh, I I love verse three. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Hmm. You see that so much. Yeah. They they want to blame God for the messes that they have created. And then they say, where's God? Even though they created their own messes. You ran away. And all you have to do is reach back out to him. But along with that, he's looking for repentance and for this commitment that you're not going to recreate the same mess again. All right. Hey, go make it a good day. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for being a part of this and we'll look forward to talking to you again tomorrow.